Welcome to AML Conversations, the Solution Series. This podcast series focuses on practical information about solutions to challenges you face in your financial crime compliance program. These solutions include managed services, technology, advisory, and third-party risk management. You can access this series and other AML Conversations and This Week in AML podcasts at our website, amlrightsource.com, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to AML Conversations, the Solution Series. My name is Rachel Zetmer, and I'm the Brand Content Manager for AML Rights Source. Today, I'm joined by our VPs of Financial Crime Advisory, Jonathan McIsaac and Joshua Gubitz. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Joshua. Hey, Rachel. We're delighted to be here and looking forward to chatting with you about implementation support. Yeah, likewise, Rachel. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I look forward to our conversation today. In this episode, we're going to be talking about implementation support. But before we get into that, I would love to understand a bit more about you both. I know that between you, there's over 40 years worth of experience in the advisory field. So tell me a bit about yourselves and what you do, how you got into advisory and how you would describe the work you do. Sure, I'll, I'll take that first, Rachel. And, and um, you know, again, thanks. Thanks for having us. Uh, and just a little background you know, I, I live in the, the New York metro area. I've been working with uh, financial institutions for, for over 18 years. And, and really, when I first started in, in banking, I was uh, helping design enterprise risk management, DRMBC software uh, for a lot of our clients. And, and you know, we supported uh, uh, that software with those clients and, and you know, made a, made a great impact for a lot of community and, and regional banks, um, you know, and really... That 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 uh, led into uh, the early 2000s and and kind of up to uh, you know around 2012 when a lot of the model risk management guidelines came out FRB SR 11.7 OCC 11 11-12 and, and really at that time we we converted a lot of our you know platforms and technology to to really focus on some of the implementations and, and model risk management and validation work that that came out of that guidance. Um, you know, from the FRB and OCC, and and uh, you know, kind of kind of launched launched the company a little bit, which was great. And and again, 2017, F, you know, FDIC uh, adopted the the regulatory uh, model risk management guidance as well, and that kind of you know supercharged the the company as well. And so we really built off that, built a great clientele in the New York metropolitan area, and you know, eventually the company sold to AML Right Source, and that was in in in. December of 2020, um, and, and now we're part of a great company and, and really building out the the, the practice uh, on a global uh, scale. So it's it's uh, been a great uh, you know 18 years, and and uh, looking forward to the next 18. I guess as we continue to build this out. Thanks, John. And yeah, a lot of similarities, I think, between our backgrounds. So I actually started out in management consulting in 1999 was my first project, so 24 years ago. And I was always very fascinated by data and what data could tell us about the decisions we're making and how well we're performing. I didn't start out in the anti-money laundering world. In fact, until about 10, 11 years ago, I don't know if I knew exactly what anti-money laundering was. But then a friend I had worked with years before called and said, hey, I just started working on this very exciting project doing AML stuff. And I think uh, you'd be a great fit because of my data background. So I went and I joined him on that team 
which was doing some very exciting AML work. And that was really my introduction to the anti-money laundering world. And of course, I found that the uh, data background that I had was very well suited in anti-money laundering just because these are financial institutions. They run on data. So there's an awful lot of data to use. So that was really how I got into the money laundering side of things. Um, and in terms of how I try to describe to people what it is that we do, when people ask, I tell them our job is really to help banks stop the bad guys from using the banks to launder their dirty money. So a lot of people have seen Ozarks. We're kind of trying to stop the people that are doing the things they're doing on the TV show Ozarks. But the basic idea is, hey, we're here to help banks make sure that the bad guys, whether that's local criminals or large international organized crime, aren't using the banks to launder their dirty money. And that's really the bottom line of what we do. That was great. Thank you. I always find it super interesting and love learning about people's different backgrounds. So thank you for that. Right. So implementation support. What exactly is implementation support? And secondly, why would someone need this support? Sure. I'll, I'll take that one first and then I'll hand it off to John. There are a couple of really important things that we do. So implementation support really, I think, has a sort of ecosystem of three big players. Imagine a financial system, a financial institution, rather. And they have decided that they need to either replace the money laundering software that they have or put in new money laundering software if they didn't have any in the first place. So that's the first player, the financial institution. The second player is the actual software maker, the software vendor, the people that make the anti-money laundering software that the financial institution or the bank is going to use. That's the second player. So why do you need a third player? What's the role of the consultants and of AML RightSource in that whole process? Well, what happens a lot of the time, and this is true, I would say, in every kind of software implementation, whether it's AML-related or bank-related or something completely different, is when a bank says, hey, we need some AML software, they have some clearly defined business needs in their minds. And they're thinking of it from a business needs perspective, like, hey, we need to please the regulator, or gee, we don't think our controls are tight enough. But there are specific business reasons why they are doing what they're doing. Software vendors tend to think of things from a very technical perspective. After all, they make and develop software. And so a lot of the time what happens is the financial institution, the bank, and the software vendors are speaking just completely different languages. The bank is thinking about things in terms of how we can comply with regulations, how we can meet the expectations of our regulators, how we can make sure to plug any gaps in our AML framework. But the software vendor is thinking of things more in terms of data mapping and which fields and which tables and database structure, very technical things that go into making sure that software can actually function the way it's designed to function. And because they're speaking such totally different languages, they often don't end up communicating quite as well with each other as they should. And things honestly get lost in translation very often in those kinds of projects. So AML RightSource serves this critical role that's essentially what I call the connective tissue, connecting the bank on the one side and the software vendor on the other side and helping them 
interpret each other's language, helping to make sure that the software vendor understands the business needs that the bank is expressing and that the bank understands the technical details of what the software vendor is saying to make sure that the software works properly. And if those two groups aren't speaking to each other and communicating properly, then you get a lot of things falling through the cracks. So we are there almost, you could say, as interpreters, um, but also to sort of create this connective tissue and make sure that everybody involved, all three of the parties, the bank, the software vendor, and ourselves are speaking the same language, have the same understanding of what the needs are, what the requirements are, what the goals are, so that we can make all of that work together. So I think that role of interpreter and connective tissue between the bank and the software vendor, that is really the most critical reason to have somebody like AML RightSource helping you implement a system. Because I can't tell you the number of times I've seen things go awry because there wasn't someone there helping the parties understand each other and making sure that they were actually talking about the same things in the same way with the same understanding. So that's the really first big piece, and I think the one of the most important roles that AML RightSource serves when we help companies with implementations. The second piece is that it's often very difficult to understand why this is necessary and why lots of money and lots of resources need to be devoted to implementing these systems. AML systems, especially in large financial institutions, they don't come cheap. And implementing them and making sure everything goes the way it's supposed to, not only does it tend to involve a lot of time and a lot of money, but it takes a lot of the bank's internal resources, a lot of them, particularly from the IT department and, of course, the compliance department and all kinds of other folks. And it's very difficult often for higher-ups in financial institutions to understand exactly why this is necessary, why we should devote our IT resources to working on this project instead of the 17 other projects they should be working on that are actually money generating. Because after all, at the end of the day, it's a bank, right? Their business is to generate returns and make profits. So we're asking them essentially to say, hey, take a huge piece of your IT resources for the next six months and instead of dedicating them to your usual money generating activities, dedicate them to this other thing which actually doesn't generate profits. And it's often very hard for folks to understand why they need to do that and why that makes sense and why it not only makes sense, but why it's essential in the long run. So the second big part of our job, of AMLRS's job, when we help clients with implementations, is to make sure that all of the stakeholders involved, and this often especially means the senior folks running the IT department, as well as the board of directors and some of the other senior management team, understand why it's so critical to devote time, money, and lots of internal resources to making sure that a project like this succeeds? And the answer is fairly simple. It's a regulatory requirement. There's no way around it. And the consequences and the price of failing to do this properly, of failing to implement the system properly and making sure that it's working the way it's supposed to, can be really very severe. 
and very unfortunate. So the second big part of our job is what I call demystifying or helping to really make it clear to people what all of this AML software implementation is about and why it really matters to the bank in the big picture, what it means for them in the long run, how it actually will affect their bottom line, how it affects their whole ability to operate, and sort of explaining this to the senior stakeholders and making sure that they're bought in. That's another really important function that we serve. Now, there's a whole huge third component I haven't even touched on yet, and John is going to tell us some more about that. Excellent. Yep. Thanks, Josh. And, and kind of just to piggyback on, on what you said, you know, project management and planning, you know, it's certainly critical piece of, of an implementation and, and really needs to be started, you know, well in, in advance of, you know, if you have a contract, uh, you know, and your, your existing uh, system is going to be, you know, turned off or, 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 you know, put on hold at a certain point in time, you know, you, you certainly want to plan, you know, well in advance a year plus, you know, e even longer if you have that uh, luxury, uh, which would be great, you know, and, and really the, you know, the need of a new system could be because of a number of reasons, right? You could have a critical limitation uh, on your, on your system, which just can't be corrected with any type of manual workflow or, or, or mitigating control. Um, or maybe the workflow of, of the system is just not efficient. Maybe it's not effective in, in working the way that, that your requirements, uh, you know, really, really defined. Um, and so, you know, really moving into that planning stage and, and identifying a, a new vendor, um, you know, and, and having those business requirements on what features, what functionality you're looking for. You know, if you have a current limitation, does that new system um, is that limitation within the new system? How is that new platform uh, mitigating that limitation that you have with your with your existing system? Um, so really just, you know, a lot of that planning, you want to make sure that the, the new platform covers or, or mitigates any limitations um, and really, you know, managing and documenting any expectations of, of that new system uh, in the planning stage is very important. And again, as, as I know Josh mentioned timing, Especially with with conversion, you know, making sure there's there's ample time uh, to select implement the new system. Lots of moving parts um, with an implementation, you know, and, and really, you know, making sure you have the right stakeholders involved early on. You know, the IT folks, the compliant folks, senior management, uh, model risk management team, um, and, and really making sure there's there's transparency. Um, and getting them involved early on so they understand the, the needs, the requirements, um, and which really all help, helps you build out that, you know, a project plan, helps you build out schedules, identify key milestones, you know, that, that you're looking to, to accomplish things by. Um, and, and, you know, it's certainly important to, especially when you kick it off an engagement, to have that project plan in place with, with those timelines. You know, all parties are, have agreed with the timelines. It's well-defined. Um, you know, any assumptions that, that have been identified are clearly documented, you know, key tasks, milestones, you know, responsible parties, um, really just to make sure you have that upfront planning organization before you get into, into a, a large engagement. And, and then implementation could take three months, six months, 12 months. You know, we've seen uh, some long, long, certainly long implementations um, and you have to be well organized. You need to have great communication. Uh, well doc you know well documented through all aspects of the implementation 
um, and, and really, you know, tracking issues, any any remediation of those issues, you, you want to track to resolution as you're going through that implementation process. You know, if if there is a limitation, um, you know, and, and there's there's really no systematically way to to fix it within the platform, then you you'll have to create a, a manual control or, or some type of mitigating control around that you know, to help mitigate any type of risk or, or impact that limitation with boats. So again, just really that that planning stage is, is certainly important. Um, you know, good having that good communication, tracking decision points, tracking items, tracking uh, you know any type of critical uh, uh, limitation. It's really important to have a, a, a successful implementation. Um, I think without good project management and, plan and planning, you know, things could certainly slip through the cracks, right? And if you if there's an issue that slips through the cracks, and six, you know, after you go live, in six months, twelve months down the road, that that issue could come back and and really, you know, could bite you it bite you in the behind a little bit and and you know get you in trouble. So certainly want to want to make sure that you know tracking everything, good project planning, good management uh, of the of of the platform, you know ensuring all transparency to all parties that are involved and, and, and really just getting getting approvals and, and you know commitment from from those parties as well certainly important with a, with an implementation so in summary implementation support helps to provide the key missing link between business and vendor and ultimately ensures that there's a compliant implementation my next question then is, what are the benefits of having AML RightSource as an implementation support partner and what sets us apart from our competitors? Sure. And, you know, I'd like to build on John's answer to answer that question. When I try to explain the idea of project management to people, I often use home building as an analogy. Imagine if you were going to build a new house from scratch. There are so many things that go into building a new house. You need folks to lay the foundation. Before that, you need folks to do the excavating so the foundation can be laid. Then you need framing people, and you need wall hanging people, and you need window people, and tile people, and bathroom people, and plumbers, and electricians. Coordinating all of that is an enormous, enormous task. And if you don't coordinate that well, then your foundation's going to be done, but your framers aren't going to be ready. So you're going to have to wait three months for the framers to come there. And then the framers will be done, but the window people won't be ready. And that'll take another three months. And so your one house that was going to take a year to build suddenly now is going to take three years to build. So how do you get around that? You have a general contractor. That's what contractors do. That's what GCs do. They're the people who understand what has to happen first and second and next and how long each piece takes and coordinate all those activities. Well, that's exactly the role we're serving on these implementation projects. We are like the general contractor. And this gets into why AML RightSource is different and what is really the special advantage and value add that we bring. Imagine you're building that house. If you had a general contractor who had never built a house before, that probably wouldn't go all that well because he wouldn't really understand how long things take and exactly which order things have to be done in and how far in advance the windows have to be ordered and all of those different pieces. AML RightSource has done hundreds of implementations over the years. And because we have done hundreds of implementations over the years, Whatever system it is, 
whatever situation it is, whatever problem it is that comes up, chances are we've seen it not once before, but five times before, 10 times before, or even 50 times before. So that gives us a huge wealth of knowledge and background. So we understand how long things are gonna take and what needs to be done in advance of which piece and where folks usually get held up and what they tend to forget about and what usually gets overlooked. And because we've experienced all of that so many times, we can plan for it in advance. So before the project even starts, we can say, hey, here's where people really tend to run into trouble, or this is a really common issue we've seen with this particular system. So before we even get there, let's think about how we're gonna address those problems. So I'd say that it's AML RightSource's breadth of experience and the fact that we have seen all these systems and all these situations so many times before that really gives us a huge advantage over other players in the marketplace because, of course, we are a dedicated anti-money laundering shop. Anti-money laundering is not a side thought for us. It is our central thought. That's the only thing we do. So I think that's really where the advantage comes in. And I know that John has some things to add to that as well. Yeah, you forgot the most important part. We're fun and easy to work with, I'd, I'd like to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're, we're problem solvers. We, we really want to build, you know, strong partnerships with our clients. You know, we're, in a sense, we're, we're not performing an audit, right? The implementation support's not really an audit. We're, we're trying to help our clients have that successful implementation and to make sure, you know, all the re required documentation that, that they need for auditors, examiners, you know, we, we help compile all that and to really check all the boxes to make sure that they have that successful implementation and, and there are no issues you know, six months, 12 months down, down the road. And, and really it's you, you kind of piggyback on the team. We, we do have a great diverse team. Uh, you know, we have former practitioners who have been, you know, BSA and chief compliance officers at banks for, for many years. We also have a lot of, uh, you know, uh, full time, uh, I guess we could call them, con you know, consultants like myself and Josh who have been, uh, you know, really involved in some of the technical stuff uh, in, in managing these type of engagements for a long time. Um, and we also have, you know, the, the real uh, senior technical folks who, who know how to do all the, the you know, the data mapping and, and all the, the technical things that have to be done, um, which is one of the most important things, I think, on, on, on an implementation is, you know, garbage in, garbage out. You need to have good quality data because the system really can't function unless you have that good quality data uh, within there. So, you know, I guess to sum it up, you know, we're fun people to work with and, uh, you know, we, we're really just looking to, to, to build a good relationship and, and have that successful implementation. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Jonathan and Joshua for your time today. Um, join us in our next segment as we continue the conversation and go into more detail about the different types of systems and the key things to pay attention to during implementation. But that's all for today. So thanks again for joining us and thank you both for your time. Thanks, Rachel. See you next yep. time. Thanks so much. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of AML Conversations, the Solution Series. More episodes will be posted in the coming months. If you find this installment interesting, there is more great content at amlrightsource.com. If we can help you with your financial crime compliance needs, schedule a meeting on our website. Together, we can reimagine compliance.